This is the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast Show, hosted by Bo Finley and Brant Walker. Welcome back to another edition of the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast. Here, as always, Brant and Bo coming at you. Great to be back on site this week, not having to deal with phone issues, hopefully, uh, this week. Hopefully not again next week, uh, hence the day late delay here on getting the cast out. But we're definitely excited to be back. Definitely, definitely. It's it's good to be back outside enjoying the beautiful weather. A little, little toasty today. A little toasty. But, nice uh, breeze, though. It is a nice breeze cutting through here. Um, today we're going to cover um, 15 through th- 16 through 30 at, um, at each position. Go ahead and finish up top 30 from, both, from all positions. Um, a little t- more time to get through it this week. Maybe a little more in depth on why we have a guy in versus why somebody else doesn't. Things of that nature. But before we do, Walker... There's a there's some huge news out there that's kind of flying under the radar, and I think it's kind of because the guy's hurt. Michael Thomas has officially requested a trade out of New Orleans. Yep, um, that's massive. If you either own uh, a quarterback in New Orleans, uh, it's massive. If you own Michael Thomas, of course, because one we don't know where he's going to end up. He may end up staying in New Orleans. We already know he's going to miss a couple weeks of the season at the very least. But is he going to show up and play for New Orleans, or is he going to be in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence? I mean, as an owner of Michael Thomas yourself, Grant, what is it you, you're hoping happens here? I'm hoping he leaves. I am. Just He's unhappy. He's on an injury right now that could last up to 12 weeks. So, what, that takes him into week eight of the season. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, I believe their bye is later in the year, too, so that's another week you miss him. I'm hoping he gets traded and, and comes back at the at the lower end of his uh, time frame. Because in my mind, I think if he stays in New Orleans, he's going to hold himself out with injuries until he has to come back, until he's forced to come back. He's almost a $30 million cap hit, though. So I really feel like if he's going to move, you're going to have to re- restructure that contract somehow. So it's not such a cap hit on him. Well, the one team that's really easily uh, able to absorb all that contract is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I, I can't make sense of it to myself, but the Jaguars have come out and made uh, C.J. Henderson, the cornerback they selected in the first round of last year's draft, available uh, in trades. And it just almost makes too much sense for New Orleans to go after Henderson straight up for Thomas um, because really with Thomas's injury history the last year and then this year – his value is probably not much higher than that. Henderson come in on a rookie contract, and they just had a, a cornerback retire um, there. So they have they have the, the the space at the position and the need. It'd make a lot of sense for both teams to do the swap. It'd give Lawrence a bona fide stud wide receiver. It'd probably give Michael Thomas, probably rejuvenate his career, young cannon-armed quarterback throwing him, throwing him the ball. Uh, and I, we still don't know what Urban Meyer's offense is going to look like in the NFL, but having Michael Thomas, a former college player of his does not hurt absolutely and i really think uh the jags letting that cornerback go out on the trade block i think that has a lot to do with their free agent signing they added griffin from seattle they added a couple more pieces in their secondary um i guess maybe he just wasn't getting the playing time that he thought i don't i don't well, he got know. hurt last year so missed some time he looked good prior to his injury but got hurt uh, i believe he missed the second half of the season, pretty much in its entirety last year, similarly to uh, Jeff Okuda, the cornerback that the, the Lions took last year. But again, it's just uh, there's a need for the wide receiver or the cornerback in New Orleans. You've got the wide receiver who wants out and a team that can absorb his contract. Now, it all depends. Does, does Urban Meyer and the Jags uh, front office want 
you know, a potential locker room cancer like Michael Thomas or not. I don't know. Is he just unhappy in New Orleans? Is he going to be unhappy everywhere? We know this wide receiver position in the past, at least, is, is pretty prime at putting out locker room cancers and diva personalities. I don't know as though that's Michael Thomas in his you know, entirety, but uh, I don't want to speak ill of somebody I've never met, obviously. But um, it, it definitely would seem that there's some traction for it, for, uh, at least for Michael Thomas to end up outside of New Orleans, whether that's in a trade to Jacksonville or not. So definitely, definitely. Um, another one is a uh, rookie, rookie wide receiver, uh, Rashad Bateman for uh, Baltimore got dinged up in practice, a non-contact injury. Um, sounds like he's looking to miss several weeks, but not months could possibly mi- be missing week one of the season. I know he was, uh, had a huge buzz coming around from camp. He was looking, looking to be the number one wide out there. Um, had was starting to build a rapport with uh, Lamar Jackson, so this is going to ding it up. Probably drop his his ADP a little bit. Um, still think the guy can can have a big season. I mean, it's it's sad to see a rookie get dinged up. You have him now. You had Devonta Smith. Um, Waddle was coming off of an injury, so these younger guys are are coming in and getting hurt. Um, a lot said. A lot of people said that that the. Uh, Bateman getting dinged up in Baltimore has a lot to do with, I guess, Harbaugh runs a really, really tough uh, training camp, and and some of the younger guys just aren't used to that. So hopefully as his career moves on, as the season goes on, he gets healthier and and can show what he can do. Absolutely. So you want to go ahead and just get straight into the quarterbacks here and get get this moving 16 through 30? Absolutely. All right. You want to start us off? Yeah, I can start us off. At number 16, I have Jalen Hurts. Uh, number 17, I got Baker Mayfield. Uh, 18, I've got Cam Newton. Uh, 19, I had Ryan Fitzpatrick. 20, I've got Derek Carr. 21, I have Tua. 22, I have Taysom Hill. 23, I got Zach Wilson. 24, I have uh, 24, I have Sam Darnold. 25, I have Justin Fields. 26, I have Jared Goff. 27, I've got Big Ben Roethlisberger. Burger. We stutter through that one a little bit. 28, I got Jameis Winston. 29, Daniel Jones. At number 30, I have Tyrod Taylor out of Houston. Okay. Um, so my my 16 through 30 looks like Joe Burrow at 16, Derek Carr at 17, Tua Tagovailoa at 18, Trevor Lawrence at 19, Sam Darnold at 20, Ben Roethlisberger at 21, Ryan Fitzpatrick at 22, Zach Wilson 23, Jared Goff, 24, Cam Newton, 25, Jimmy Garoppolo at 26, Carson Wentz at 27, Taysom Hill at 28, Drew Locke at 29, and Tyrod Taylor also at my 30 spot. So there's definitely some differences in here. The, the one that sticks out to me that's the biggest difference is, is the Cam Newton one. Um, I've got him at 25 while you have him much higher at 18. So we, we, want, we want to break this one down a little bit rushing upside. I think he holds on to the job for most of the year. Um, I, they, they got him some weapons around him. Hopefully he can rejuvenate his, his passing ability that he had back when he took the Panthers to the Super Bowl. but that rushing upside in the red zone and, and taking off and, and scrambles and everything that just, that just really brings him up a little bit more for me. I mean, he had what 12 rushing touchdowns yeah. last year. Um, I think some of those are going to get vultured from, uh, Damian Harris, and but I, I still think that Cam Newton still finishes inside the top twenty. Yeah. So uh, if you if you remember back to our uh, spicy takes episode, 
a few months back where we talked about some uh, gutsy calls that we had for this year. I actually said that one of my spicier takes is Cam Newton starts all, all the season or the whole season and finishes a top 15 quarterback. Um, however, I think that that's an uphill battle at this point due to the simple fact that uh, my co-host is over here spilling water all over our stuff. Um, but anyway, I think Cam Newton's got much upgraded weapons this year, but I believe that as a whole, the uh, Patriots front office or front office coaching staff, especially on the offensive side of the ball, are going to be fairly conservative this year. Uh, not conservative as in they won't try to put points on the board. I don't mean that. I just don't. I don't think they'll have Cam Newton launching the ball, airing it out big time. Um, obviously, he brings a different skill set to the table than that of, of a Tom Brady. So they had to they had to tailor the offense last year with COVID and everything else. Uh, the defense was horrendous, so they had to play from behind a lot. That defense is going to be really good this year. I just don't think there's going to be a huge need for Cam Newton to do much more than he did last year. So that's that's kind of where I've got him at. You know, he's I've got him at 25, but I wouldn't be shocked to see him creep up into that 2019 somewhere, 2019-18 somewhere in that area. So another name I want to go over is is Joe Burrow. I have him up in my top uh, top 15. I talked about him last week. I have him at number 11. You had him at 16. 16. What's the reasoning for you having him so low? So my, my reasoning is that, uh, one, he's coming off the injury from last year, so I think he's going to start a little slower than people expect him to. Granted, he has a, he has a great trio there in uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, and he's also got the great pass catching back out of the backfield in Mixon. I just think that this, this team is going to be so bad on the defensive side of the ball that they're going to ask a second-year player who missed half of his rookie season – to be extremely gutsy with with it, some of his plays uh, in games to try to keep them in games. I think he's going to have a lot more turnovers than a lot of people expect him to this year. Still have him pretty high. I, again, it wouldn't shock me at all to see him make the top fifteen. I'm just being a little more cautious with him than I than I guess uh, you are at this point. Yeah, I just I, I believe they reunited him reunited him with Chase, so I give him you know a, a good familiar face around. They got Mixon, like you said, Higgins and Boyd. I, I just think. But if you remember correctly, in my spicy takes, once again, I have him supporting three top 30 wide receivers is one of my hot takes, sure. spicy takes. I just think he's going to come out. I know that uh, he's already been ruled out for the first preseason game, along with I'm pretty sure half of their starters are. Mm-hmm. So I th- I'm hoping that it's just they take him slow during the, the preseason and, and get him fired up and ready to go starting week one. Sure, I, I can I can I, live with that. I just believe that team's going to have to air the ball out so much that his points are going to be there. You know, I, I want to – one thing I want to do, Walker, is I want to pick pick one of these guys that we have in our 20s, okay, whether – our 20 all the way to 30. Pick somebody in, in yours that you think could sneak up into the top top 15, okay? Okay, got it. I'll uh, I'll, I'll start us off, and I'm, I'm going to be – I'm going to be pretty gutsy with it, but I'm going to go with Taysom Hill. Uh, if Taysom Hill starts majority of the season there this year, with or without Michael Thomas, he's got the rushing upside. He's got Alvin Kamara. Going to have the big-bodied athletic tight end in, in uh, Adam Troutman this year. And it's still Sean Payton, who's one of the better offensive-minded football coaches in the National Football League. Taysom Hill was fantastic uh, in, in all four of his starts last year in Breeze's absence. Uh, if he starts, he ha- it obviously has to start. But if he starts with his, with his rushing upside – just in that alone, I think you're looking at a guy who could easily be in the top 15. Definitely. I'm going to go with Justin Fields. If he takes over that Bears offense sooner rather than later, he has Dar- Darnell Mooney coming on. He'll get Tariq Cohen back as a pass-catching bag. 
he'll get David Montgomery. Not let's not forget his biggest target and Allen Robinson. Jimmy Graham. And Cole Clement. But he also get he also has the rushing upside. So that will that will push his points. He has what I think is 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 one of the best up and coming receiving core. I don't want to say that they are, but I think that they all have the skill set to be to be very relevant in, in the pros. And I just I just think that that with his rushing upside that he could easily jump into the, the top 15, top 10. The only thing that kept Justin Fields out of my top 30 at this point is I tried really, really hard with the exception of, of Drew Locke Taysom, and Taysom Hill. I tried not to put anybody in my top 30 that I thought was going to either miss time or be in a quarterback competition. Now, all the reports coming out of camp. Now, this could be just coach speak. We know we know to take it slow with rumors this time of the year. Andy Dalton looks like a man on fire in Chicago right now. I well, he's a redhead. What do you expect? Well, you know, <laughs> you, know, I, you know, the redheads I know in my personal life aren't, you know, aren't the most brilliant. Um, but uh, I, I think Andy Dalton's got an opportunity there in Chicago that their defense is still going to be right there. A lot of people are, are starting to, you know, Forget how how good Chicago's defense can be. If Andy Dalton comes out, game manages, doesn't turn the ball over, puts enough points on the board and wins games, he's not going to get sat. I understand that Justin Fields is great, and we're in a time now where it seems like rookie quarterbacks are rushed to start. But you got to remember five, six, seven, even ten years ago, rookie quarterbacks, it was a guarantee they were going to sit for a year. And even if the starter was terrible, they were going to sit for a year to get acclimated to the speed of the game, things like that. So – if Andy Dalton doesn't give them a reason to, to sit him, I don't think he will be sat. I, I know he was terrible last year, and so was that Cowboys offensive line and, and all those. We'll see. I, I just I'm not there yet with with uh, Justin Fields. That Bears offensive line is all banged up too. It is they, correct. Their second round pick hasn't even got a chance to really practice. Correct. I think they were missing their top four tackles. And I and I'd rather Andy Dalton get destroyed in the backfield than my rookie quarterback that I you know, trade it up to get. Yeah, so absolutely. We'll absolutely. Um, let's jump over to the running backs. Um, you go ahead and kick us off on the running backs. All right. Uh, so at 16, I've got DeAndre Swift. At 17, I've got Josh Jacobs. At 18, I've got Daryl Henderson. At 19, Travis Etienne. At 20, J.K. Dobbins. At 21, Kareem Hunt. 22, Mike Davis. 23, Miles Sanders. 24, Miles Gaskin. 25, I've got Javante Williams. At 26, I've got Damian Harris. At 27, I've got Chris Carson. 28, I've got Raheem Mostert. 29, I've got Michael Carter. And at 30, I've got Chase Edmonds. Okay. Okay. At 16, I also have Swift, so we're right there on that. Number 17, I have Chris Carson. 18, I have J.K. Dobbins. 19, I have Josh Jacobs. Uh, 20, I have Miles Gaskin. 21, I got Mike Davis. 22, I have Kareem Hunt. 23, I have Melvin Gordon. 24, I have Travis Etienne. 25, I have Daryl Henderson. 26, I have uh, Harris from New England. Uh, 27, I have Edmonds. 28, I have Leonard Fournette. 29, I have Miles Sanders. And number 30, I have Michael Carter. Okay. Uh, one of the ones that stick out to me, Clear as day is Daryl Henderson. I got him at 25. You have him at well, 18. 18. So seven spot difference. Uh, I'll make this one really simple. And and Walker's good, or Brant's going to want to reach across here and slap me. 
Uh, everybody was so high on Cam Akers this year, correct, about Cam Akers going to come in, top 10 running back, RB1 this year um, with less touches last year. Daryl Henderson was better, and now it's Daryl Henderson's backfield due to Cam Akers' injury. It's as simple as that. We're talking about a guy that went uh, in Cam Akers. Now, I'm not saying Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson are identical twins in their ability. I don't mean to say that, but we're talking about a guy that was being overhyped, in my opinion, finishes the RB44 last year in Cam Akers to a top 10 running back this year. Daryl Henderson was is still was still going to be there with Cam Akers. Everybody was forgetting about him, and now Cam Akers is out for the year, and a guy who was better than than uh, Cam Akers last year, who had all the, the majority of the red zone touches in this offense last year, now has the opportunity to have a, a, an increased workload. We're going to finally get a chance to see what Daryl Henderson can do with that. Okay, I have them a little bit lower because I think that they're going to go strictly committee this year. I don't think they're going to give a whole workload to Henderson. Um, Jones is already looking to carve out a role. Then they got the rookie, Jake Funk. I think he was a seventh-round rookie, so I'm really not going to put him in there. I just think they're going to go strictly committee and try to, and try to keep the workload down. That way they can all stay healthy. We know Henderson has injury history. He got banged up last year, missed some time. Um Jones didn't play at all. I don't think he got any snaps last year. And then, like I said, rookie Jake Funk. I think they're going to see what else they have in that backfield, especially with the fact that Cam Akers is coming off of a Achilles injury next year for him. We don't even know what he's going to look like coming back. I agree. So I think they want to see what all they have there. Oh, I definitely agree. I don't think there'll be a three-down back there, but I do think Daryl Henderson gets first and second down work. Uh, and we we've seen – how successful fantasy running backs can be in committees at times, especially if it's feed the hot hand. And Henderson's going to get every opportunity in the world to be the hot hand. Now he comes out and falls on his face. That's a different story. I just don't expect him to do that. So we'll definitely see. I mean, Brant, you know, uh, all off season, I've been off the acres hype train because I think there's going to be a lot of passing involved in that offense. I still think there will be. That's why I don't have Henderson inside my top 15. Okay. Okay. What uh? What's one that stood out to you? Well, the obvious one that, that if you're sitting at home listening to this cast and your list versus mine list, uh, Chris Carson, you have it. I believe you said 17 now. Yes, and I have him at 27. Uh, I'll be honest with with everybody there at home. This I, I forgot to put him in there initially, uh, and the running back I had at 27, I was okay with taking him out. But at the end of the day, his injury concerns scare me a little bit. I'd probably have him a little higher, but I'm comfortable with him at, at 27. If, if he exceeds that, I'm happy. If he finishes there, I'm happy. He, a lot of people are going to get him as your RB3 slash RB4. So I have him at an RB an RB3 at this point anyway. So, I mean, you know, that it's kind of where I'm at with him. If he finishes, if he plays a full season, doesn't have any injuries, he'd be much higher than 27, obviously. But that's where he's at on my rankings for the time being. I, I, got, I got Carson up there at 17. I almost wanted to put him higher, especially after what I read now. Richard Penny's taking it nice and slow coming back. Carson has is the workhorse for Seattle. He gets he gets the majority of all the touches. Um, yes, they do have um, Penny and Dallas there to be change of pace. But even with even with playing only twelve games last year, he finished number nineteen in PPR with only twelve games. The year prior, he played fifteen games, finished number twelve. Year before that, played 14 games, finished number 16. So I feel like they're still going to give him all the work. And he's never finished outside of the top 20. I just, even missing all that time. Yes, he's never played a full season. 
but Seattle wants to pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball. That's what they keep preaching. I can't put him below. I can't put him outside of the top 20 until he falls out of there. Yeah, I mean, you can say Seattle wants to keep pounding. I know Pete Carroll is one of the most conservative coaches in the National Football League as far as his play calling and things of that nature. But you have arguably one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL on your roster there in Seattle and Russ. And Russ and the team was damn good last year when they were letting Russ cook. They pulled the reins back on that a little bit, and you guys faltered big time down the, down the stretch there. Russell s- slowed down, obviously. To me, Russell's not happy. He's voiced – he's come out, he's voiced that. You know, he's he's talked about making sure he, he gets his offensive linemen paid, things of that nature. I think if, if they truly want to keep their, their superstar quarterback happy, I think they're going to let him cook again this year. You don't draft Dwayne Eskridge with your first overall pick in the draft in the second round if you're not intending – to let Russ ball out. Uh, we have two got two guys on the outside there in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett that need the ball in their hands too. And let's also not forget Carson's never had 300 carries in his career. So again, I agree he should be much higher than 27, but at this point where I'm at with my rankings, this my early rankings, obviously these are our early rankings, he should be higher than where he is at 27, but I don't think you could put him inside the top 15 just because his body of work <sighs> Especially this year in a 17-game season, I, I don't see many running backs holding up to that, let alone one that hasn't been healthy ever in his career. So we'll see. Um, I do want to mention that over the last two years, three years, they've slowly put him in more and more passing sure. situations. Um, last year, like I said, in only 12 games, he had 46 targets, um, which was actually second highest of his career. The other one was in 15 games, which is the highest games he's ever played sure. in his career. He only had 47 targets. So, yeah, they do want to get Carson involved in the passing game. So, I I think he still finishes inside the top 20. That's just one guy. And with his fourth-round ADP, a lot of people, like you said, are their third or fourth, but that's if you're going strictly running back heavy. If you happen to happen to take a wide receiver or something in those first two rounds, Carson's probably your RB2 for a lot of teams, unfortunately. How happy would you be if you left a draft with Carson as either your RB1 or your RB2? Uh, if he's my RB1, I'm not happy at all. Okay. RB2, I'm extremely happy as long as I go and grab Penny, too. And because DJ Dallas and, and Homer won't come, won't get drafted unless you're in a deep, deep league. So those will be easy to go grab if something were to happen. But if if, if Carson if Carson's my RB2, I'm extremely happy. I, I'd much I'd be much more comfortable myself having him as my RB3. He's my RB. If he's my RB2, I'm taking a bunch of gambles and other running backs and I'm going to have a lot of running back depth just because, obviously, this is one we disagree on a little bit. I just don't trust him nearly as much as you do, um, which is what it is, I guess, because his numbers are there. Uh, I understand how good he is when he plays. I just, you know, it's, it's just like me having Saquon Barkley so far down my rankings. I don't trust that he's going to play a full season. I'm not going to spend high draft capital on a guy I don't trust to play a full season. And more, more often than not, in a draft, I'm probably going to miss out on Carson because of my view on that. So, because there'll be people like you in a draft that are comfortable with him as the RB2, so he won't be on the board for me as an RB3. Okay. Uh, is there any other ones you want to talk about here on this list that we differ on? Um, where did you have Travis Etienne? I have him at 19. So, we can go ahead and break that one down here a little bit. I got him at 24, so a little five-spot difference. Um, I actually did these rankings before I looked a little more in-depth into that backfield. And um, I should have ETN. I've actually moved him up because when I originally did these, I think I had him. You have 26. I had him 26. So he's already moved up two spots. 
I think he's going to get involved a lot. Um, that's one other name that is actually outside of my top forty. Is is or outside of the top outside of the top thirty five? Is 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 James Robinson? I don't have him up there. So I think ETN is going to wind up taking over that backfield. I think it's going to be slow and steady uh, before he takes it over. So I, that's the only reason I have him that low on there is I just think it's going to take a little bit of time before he fully takes over that backfield. Yeah, I I think I don't think ETN probably ever takes it over this year in in, in full full entirety. But I think what you're going to see a lot is you're going to see two running backs in the backfield a lot. I think you'll see ETN split out occasionally. I think you'll see him get a lot of jet sweeps. This is Urban Meyer, he's I have a feeling he's going to come in with a college style offense, you know, high high powered, high explosive, a lot of gambles being taken. And I, I just think ETN again, we go back to those spicy take episodes. I think James or Travis ETN is going to be a guy that has five rushing touchdowns, five receiving touchdowns, 10 total touchdowns on the season. You're going to be pretty happy with that regardless of where you draft him. But I yeah, I think I think on this list, he's one of the names I think that could creep into the top 15, but he's not going to who I'm going to pick for that. I'll let you go first on this one. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, Inside between 20 and 30, we said, right? Yep. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say Damian Harris of, of, uh, of New England. I think that he could, especially if Mac Jones takes over, mm-hmm. I think Damian Harris has, has, has very high upside. He could take over that backfield really easy. They let Burkhead go. Um, the one thing that's really going to hold him back, I think, is James White still lingering around that roster. Um, but, yeah, I think Damian Harris, uh, the Stevenson that they drafted, he's already been banged up. He, he, I don't know how much he's actually practiced. Uh, so, yeah, Damian Harris it, it could really easily creep in, especially if they want to take some pressure off of Cam Newton and Mac Jones. Yeah, I mean, I you know I'm very, very high on Damian Harris. Uh, I've been preaching that all off season here. Not to say I'm not, but I, I think if I if I'm going to do this and be honest, I think I'm going to go. This is almost homerish, but I think Mike Davis could be that guy. Um, we, granted, he, Todd Gurley and, and Mike Davis are not similar players, but I would say Mike Davis probably has a little more athleticism at this point in his career than Todd Gurley did even just last year. And Todd Gurley was very successful for many weeks with the Atlanta Falcons last year, uh, getting a lot of touchdowns, including falling into the end zone when he shouldn't um, and costing us a win. Thank- thankfully, we got Kyle Pitts out of that. All's forgiven. It is what it is. But Mike Davis is going to catch passes out of the backfield. Okay, He's going to run the ball. It sounds like Atlanta's kind of leaning RB, running back by committee as well. Um, at least until Arthur Smith figures out what he's got in all of his running backs, um, because there is no Derrick Henry in this in this backfield in Atlanta. Um, but I think Mike Davis, with with the role he's going to have, he's going to be the, the the guy in the goal line. I believe he's going to be the the pass catching back more often than not, and he's going to get most first and second down uh, uh, plays. I think he's got a definite upside here of being a top fifteen pick. Definitely, definitely could be. All right, well, let's jump into these wide receivers. Um, I want to come out and first say that um, my number 15 has changed, so I'll go ahead and fix that. I originally had Michael Thomas thinking he was going to come back earlier in the year, and then all this disgruntled came out. So I have moved DJ Moore up to number 15, and I've moved Michael Thomas way down yonder in in all these rankings. So um, I just want to make sure I get that put out there. Um, I'll start number 16. I have Cooper Cup. 17, I have Robert Woods. 18, Tyler Lockett. 19, uh, Chris Godwin. Number 20, Deontay Johnson. 21, Julio Jones. 22, OBJ. 
23, Mike Evans. 24, Adam Thielen. 25, Kenny Galladay. 26, Jerry Judy. 27, Jamar Chase. 28, DJ Shark. 29, Henry Ruggs. And number 30, I have Corey Davis. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm over here laughing because these have changed a lot since the yes. last time we sat down and talked about these, and a lot of them are very similar. Uh, at 16, I have Adam Thielen. At 17, I have Robert Woods. At 18, I have Julio Jones. At 19, I have Chris Godwin. At 20, I have Cortland Sutton. At 21, I have Tyler Lockett. At 22, I have Odell Beckham Jr. At 23, I have T. Higgins. At 24, I have Kenny Galladay. At 25, I have DJ Chark. At 26, I have Deontay Johnson. At 27, I have Mike Evans. At 28, I have Corey Davis. At 29, I have Debo Samuel. And at 30, I've got Devontae Smith. Devonta Smith, excuse me. Devonta. So the first one I we have to talk about, because I think it's absolutely blasphemous that you have him as low as you do, even though you've moved him up, is Adam Thielen. Let's talk about it. Jefferson took over the number one role there. Um, so, I mean, he's he's going to be the number one target guy, I think. They got um, – I just, I just think Thielen's starting to fall off. Um, I know he had all them uh, red zone targets. Believe, 13 red zone touchdowns. 13 red Second zone touchdowns. Odds are those are going to regress quite a bit. And I just I just don't – I think Jefferson takes over the main the main role there. Um, he still got Cook out of the backfield. Excuse me. Um, but, yeah, Adam Thielen slowly is moving up in my ranking. Um, like I said, I got him at 24. I just don't think that he's going to repeat. Um, 13 red zone touchdowns. Um, I just don't see that happening. Um, I, even with that, where did I mean? Are you looking up to see where he finished? I, I am looking him up. Right I, now. I just don't. I just don't. If those regress, he finished tenth in PPR last year. Finished tenth in PPR. So, I guess maybe I just have him down lower. I just don't believe in that offense going full power. Their defense is. Their defense has improved a lot. So they won't be playing from behind as much. They play in a uh, defensive-minded division, minus Detroit. I think they forgot to get any memos from that division. Um, they boosted their offensive line, though. Um, but, yeah, I just I just don't think that Adam Thielen has the year like he has. I think he's starting to wind down his career. So uh, last year was actually his second best year of his career. Um, in 2017, the year before uh, Kirk Cousins came to town, he finished uh, – excuse me, I guess this was his third best year. Finished his ninth in PPR that year. 2018, Kirk Cousins, his first year, he finished seventh. Then he missed six games in 2019. Uh, and then last year, he's back inside the top ten. Uh, and really, he had the third highest targets in his career last year. Um, and his yards per catch was still right there. Um, with, with some of his best years, and he had a career high in touchdowns. He had 14 total touchdowns last year. And while it's easy to say that Justin Jefferson's taken over that role, I, I think there's probably a lot to that. But it's very similar to the Tyler Lockett-DK Metcalf situation. Lockett's much older than DK, but he's still Russ's go-to target because there's that chemistry and trust there. I think that's going to be very similar. While Kirk Cousins is, is in town, Thielen's still going to be his, his, uh, his security blanket, if you will. I still think he's going to be looking for Thielen exclusively in the red zone. And I still think you see a double-digit touchdown year out of Thielen this year, which would be his second one in his career. But I think it's trending towards that for him. He's great in the red zone, finds finds seams, finds ways to get open. And like you and I just said while we were off air, 
Justin Jefferson's going to draw the number one corners most games now instead of Thielen. That's going to only help Thielen out quite a bit. I would imagine he'd have over 100 targets again this year. Again, I'm a lot higher on Kirk Cousins, though, than most. Um, so I, I definitely think, uh, and again, back to the spicy takes, I had two two Vikings wide receivers inside my top 30 again next year. So. Okay. Well, I, I have two of them inside my top 30 also. You do, uh, just a lot lower <laughs> than I do. Let's, let's hit the other one. I got Jamar Chase inside my top 30. You got T. Higgins. Okay. Um, I'm putting Chase there with the chemistry that's already built with with him and um, uh, Burrow. Uh, I think he, he's he's going to be Burrow's go-to guy. Burrow literally went out and said, I'm okay, draft Jamar Chase. I want Chase. Um, I just think that I think that chemistry there is, is, is what's going to make it and break it. Um, I know the reports coming out of camp is saying he's having separation issues. I don't think that's really too much to look at. That's just kind of camp talk. We'll see it in game eventually when they all get on the field. Um, yeah, I just think Jamar Chase takes over his um, the the security blanket role there, and um, I think I think Chase is going to be the best receiver out of that that trio. So so Burrow got hurt in Week Eleven last year. Okay. So in, in the games that, that the two of Higgins and Burrow were played in together, um, obviously Higgins got off to a little bit of a slow start as a rookie uh, coming in, no chemistry. Uh, week one, he played 21% of the snaps, had zero fantasy points. Week two, still slow, 65%, seven fantasy points, explode from there. 22 fantasy points week three, 16 in week four, 15, uh, 12 in week five, 23 in week six, 21 in week seven, 17 in week eight, 26 in week 10, the last week with Burrow being healthy. And in, in those weeks, he had six targets, nine targets, seven targets, eight targets, eight targets, five targets, nine targets, nine targets. So he's he's definitely one of Burrow's go-to weapons. Um, so I think it's almost kind of blasphemous to not say that there's some chemistry already established between these two as well. And Higgins is six foot four. He's going to be a great red zone target. I think Burrow and him are going to just even be even better. I do think Jamar Chase is going to be great as, as a rookie. I have him at 31, so just outside of my top 30. That's where I have T. Higgins. Yeah, <laughs> go figure. Um, so we just expect different things from both of these guys. But there's a lot of mouths to feed there in between Higgins, Chase, and uh, and uh, Tyler Boyd. I, 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 I think it would be blasphemous also to say that, that Tyler Boyd's not going to be relevant. Um, obviously, you think there's three – uh, wide receivers in the top 30 there, um, even though I think you left Tyler Boyd outside of your top 30 in your rankings. I did. Um, but, again, Higgins was was just fine with, with Burrow. Um, and even after towards the tail end of the season, after A.J. Green went down, A.J. Green is out of town now, he had uh, 84% of the snap count, 91, 90, 87, 90, 184. So his, his snap percentage is, is fantastic. Um, so I, I just think that Higgins is, is you know, going to be the guy there. I think he's going to be Burrow's guy, um, at least for a season. I mean, we got to remember Jamar Chase took a full year off of football last year. I think he's going to start slow this year. I think, still think he'd be fine, obviously. Um, but I think he's going to start somewhat slow, and that leaves the door open for Higgins to be the guy. Okay. Um, any- Deontay Johnson's the other one that's the, a big difference for me. Six spots. You've got him at 20. Yeah. I've got him at 26. So um, let's talk about it. He's a target monster for Big Ben. I, I, I think he's going to get plenty of targets this year. Roethlisberger's came out, said he feels better than he did last year coming in. He looks like he's trimmed down a little bit. Um, I just think that he's just going to be the target hog there, and I think he's going to um, fix those drop issues he had at the beginning of the year. And um, I just, like I said, I just in, in a PPR league, I just 
Johnson stands out to me with how many targets he did get over over that entire season. Where Ben was god awful is to say it the nicest way. Yeah, I mean, so um, we're not that crazy far off when you talk about a guy like Deontay Johnson. You've got him at twenty. I've got him at twenty six. Um, and, and my rationale for dropping him in my rankings is pretty easy. Uh, Najee Harris. There was no stud running back in town there last year. Yes, James Conner was still there, but James Conner dealt with injuries all year last year, slowed way down from his rookie season when he took over and spelled Le'Veon Bell during his holdout. Um, I, I just think – I think Deontay Johnson still the target leader. He's my highest-ranked Pittsburgh Steeler uh, wide receiver. Uh, I, I do think he's going to be a very a steal in a lot of drafts. I think he, he'll go a lot later than he probably should realistically. Uh, I just think that that, that, that offense is going to be more run heavy, especially this late in Ben's career. Um, you don't spend a first-round capital on a running back like Najee if you're not going to use him a whole lot. So that's that's really my rationale. It's it's Najee Harris that knocks these Pittsburgh Steelers pass catchers down for me. Okay. You go ahead and pick me one, 20 through 30. That can move on up. 20 through 30. Well, let's just be real honest. I know we're gonna. This is another one we're gonna disagree on because we have very, very clear, uh, different feelings on it. But it's OBJ for me. Um, OBJ had some games last year that it was like, okay, this is why, this is why this guy is 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 who he is. He's finished as a top ten wide receiver before in the past. It's not something that uh, is is out of the realm of possibility. Uh, and so Beckham to me is a guy. Uh, that when when he's healthy, Baker tends to throw him the ball a lot, um, and so he's got four seasons inside the top fifteen in his career. Um, this is going to be his eighth season, so it's about fifty percent of the time he's there. Um, so it's OBJ for me, and it and it's not even close. If if the Cleveland Browns were a little more of a pass heavy offense, I'd probably have him ranked there to start out with. Okay. Um, if, if you don't if I. Say your name, your player's name, because I, I, I want to talk about one more here that I also think can do it. So go ahead. You go ahead. Talk, talk about your guy. I'm sorry. The, the one I think that could do it is, is once again, going out on a limb here. Corey Davis. I think he could skyrocket this year. He's in a new offense. They paid him to be the number one wide receiver. I have him at number 30. They paid him to be the number one wide receiver. He's coming off of a year. I know he was with Tennessee in a different offense. This, this Jets team is atrocious. Their defense isn't there. They're going to struggle. They're going to play from behind. Uh, but, I mean, Corey Davis was a first-round draft pick for Tennessee. He never really panned out there completely until last year. He played in 14 games last year. He did finish his number 30 overall. He only had 92 targets. I think he could see well over 120-plus targets this year. He's got a rookie quarterback coming in. Once again, they're going to play from behind. I think Corey Davis is a guy I could definitely see skyrocketing from his actual ADP. Yeah, um, I, I want to slap you and myself for where we have this guy in our rankings, and you have him higher than me. Um, I, I don't want to necessarily move him up any, but it's Tyler Lockett. The last three years, the man's been top 15 in, in standard leagues for sure. Uh, and finished at 17 three years ago in in PPR. Um, he's 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 uh, Russell Wilson's security blanket. We saw what happened with DK once the league kind of figured him out, put a lockdown corner on him, start shifting coverage to that side of the field, kind of shut down. I know a lot of people are scared to lock it because of of the big games, and it was like, oh, if you owned him, it was great one week. The next week, it was terrible, frustrating to own him. He had 132 targets last year, 100 receptions. 
I, I see no reason for that to slow down. None. He's also the last two years finished with over a thousand yards receiving. And in his last three years, he's had 10 touchdowns, eight touchdowns, 10 touchdowns. I, I don't know where the disrespect for this, this guy comes from. Um, you know, and I'm sitting here saying that with him at, at my 21 spot. Um, but he, he, he should be a top 15 consideration. Uh, he's does, he's earned it at this point. And here we are, and both of us have him outside of that. Well, the reason I got him outside of it is they continuously talk about how they want to go to the run. They want to run the ball. They want to protect Russell. They want to they want to pound the game out, run the clock. I'm not sure where Lockett's going to line up right now. If, he, if, if I knew he was going to line up exclusively in the slot and draw that slot corner, I'd have Lockett skyrocket up there. But I just don't know. They added they added a Lockett 2.0 in Eskridge this year because they do pretty much the similar things. They can burn. They can also, you know, get into the middle of the field and just sit there. So I just I, – I don't know where – I don't know how and where they're going to line him up. I, I would venture to guess that Lockett will probably be moved around quite a bit. I think he'll get some time in the slot which obviously he's going to be good there, but he's also fast enough that he's burning some corners on the outside. And Russell's got the arm still to get it to him deep. I, I just I, – I don't know where I'd move him to, but I think he definitely would – I would not ever blink an eye to see him in the top 10 again, even even top 10, not just top 15. Okay. All right, let's move over to the crapshoot that is the tight end position. Oh, this Lord, is all a gamble at this point. Mercy. so. Let's get into it. I'll, you go ahead and kick us off. <laughs> Number 16, I have John U. Smith. Number 17, I have Evan Ingram. 18, I have Gerald Everett. 19, I have Hunter Henry. Number 20, I have Anthony Fertzker. Number 21, I have Austin Hooper. Uh, 22, I have Irv Smith Jr. 23, I have Jared Cook. 24, I have Eric Ebron. 25, I have Hayden Hurst. 26, unfortunately, I have Zach Ertz. 27, I have Dan Arnold. 29, I have Jordan Aikens for Houston. And number 30, I have Cole Clement. Okay. Uh, for me, I have at 16, I have Evan Ingram. 17 is Irv Smith Jr. 18 is Jonu Smith. 19 is Rob Gronkowski. 20 is Jared Cook. 21 is Eric Ebron. 22 is Adam Troutman. 23 is Anthony Ferkser, 24 is Hunter Henry, 25 Hayden Hurst, 26 Jimmy Graham, 27 Jack Doyle, 28 Dan Arnold, 29 Zach Ertz, and 30 Dawson Knox. Okay. Uh, first one, let's just talk about it. Austin Hooper, you got him in your top 15. I have him all the way down at 21. Okay. Um, that, that's pretty simple. He's already been a top top five, top ten tight end when in his time with the Falcons. Was paid all that big money to come to Cleveland, then missed a lot of time last year. Uh, and I think that was the only reason you didn't see him be a top 15 tight end last year was because of his time uh, missed. He's going to be a great red zone target there for Baker Mayfield, uh, which should help also help OBJ and Jarvis Landry as well. Um, he blocks really well. He's going to be able to stay on the field. Yes, I know they still have David Njoku there. Uh, but David Njoku doesn't scare me at this point. Not away from, not away from Austin Hooper. So uh, for me, uh, again, the money was there, and I think uh, 
as long as he stays healthy, he's going to have over a 70% snap count, and that, that just works well for him. I've got him so low because they have OBJ, they have Landry, they have Peoples-Jones who starting to ball out in camp, Anthony Schwartz, David Njoku, and Harrison Bryant. They have all these pass catchers there and to Kareem compete Hunt. with, and Kareem Hunt. And let's not forget, Nick Chubb does get some targets too. In a run-based offense. And Rashad Higgins. And Rashad Higgins, yeah, he's still there. But in a run-based offense, I just don't know where his targets are going to come from or if they're going to come. Um, they should have OBJ back for the full year as long as he can stay healthy. Uh, Landry's always a, a PPR guy. Um, I just don't trust it. I don't really trust a whole lot of that offense when it comes to throwing the ball that much. I just don't know where the targets are going to go or who they're going to go to. Um, I definitely have to trust in Nick Chubb to be a, a top 10 running back, and that's really the only one that I have trust with. Okay. Let's uh, let's talk about the Chicago Bears tight end situation um, because we definitely differ on that one as well. Um, I, and I will concede right off the bat that I, that I do think um, Cole Komet will have a much bigger role than he did last year. Uh, but Jimmy Graham was absolutely fantastic in the red zone last year for the mm-hmm. Chicago Bears. And it's also worth noting that uh, this, this man's only finished outside the top 15 three times in his entire career. Okay. I have Cole Clement. I just think the rookie's going to come in and, and – and, and, not rookie, sorry, second-year guy. I think he's got a, a grasp on that offense. I think it's it's time for the young guy to, to take over the pass-catching role there. Um, Jimmy Graham probably still will see some red zone targets. I just think Cole Clement's used more between the 20s. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I feel like he's going to have the big, the higher PPR upside. Um, they, they really, they, they do have Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney coming on. Um, but I, I just think Cole Clement will be used more um, in between the 20s. That, and let's not forget it is the Chicago Bears. Sometimes they have trouble even getting to the red zone. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely not wrong. Uh, I, I just will say that – especially the second half of last season, Cole Komet saw more of the field than, than Jimmy Graham, Graham did, but he still finished in the last uh, from week 12 on with seven fantasy points, zero against Detroit. He only had one target that game, 14 or uh, 14 or 13 points in week 14 against Houston uh, with a 48% snap count, five points against Minnesota, 25 points against Jacksonville with a 47% snap count. And then two points to finish the season out against Green Bay with a 40% snap count. But they also had nothing to play for at that point. So Jimmy Graham didn't play a whole lot. Uh, but when he's on the field, he's 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 dominant, six seven in the red zone. You got to watch him firsthand in Seattle for a while. I mean, the man just finds a way to get the ball in his hands in the end zone. He doesn't have to create separation, even at his age, 34 years old, which is not old for a tight end at this point in time in the NFL. Uh, the way the the land the lay of the land is going, tight ends last a lot longer than they used to. Uh, and at six seven, all he's got to do is you know, put it up where the where the little kids can't reach it, and Jimmy Graham's coming down. Put it up touchdown. on the top shelf. Yeah, yeah. Um, one name that sticks out to me is I put in Jordan Akins at twenty nine. You left out all Houston's tight ends because they are. Yes, I did. They, they're all gone. Akins is the only one left. I just think that he may end up being the safety blanket for whoever is throwing the football there. That's a problem. Yeah. Whoever, whoever. There's I I've, I've sworn off. Houston at this point in fantasy rankings. I really am not a fan of any of them. Uh, yes, I have. There will be some more of them mentioned um, in my in my you know top fifty rankings at running back. I have you know a couple of the running backs there, um, but you know for me, I, I just 
I, if Deshaun Watson plays, that changes things dramatically. Um, Nico Collins is a wide receiver there that changes for me if, if Deshaun Watson plays. But with Tyrod Taylor, I'm just not that interested in anything there. Or if Tyrod Taylor doesn't play a full season, it's Davis Mills. Uh, I'm even less intrigued. Um, Houston is kind of one of those teams that I'm kind of swearing off at this point. Um, so, yes, I, I, I know uh, Jordan Akins is very athletic. We talked about him um, uh, when we when we did our rankings and things of that nature. But uh, he, he's he's not a guy that I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in at this point. They also drafted that uh, rookie out of Miami there. Brevin um, Jordan. Yeah, Brevin Jordan. So there's just there's too many names at that position in, in Houston, and, and there's not enough trust uh, for anything that's in Houston there for me to be in love with anything there. Okay, okay. Um, so that, that breaks. Troutman's another one. That's a seven spot difference. You have him at fifteen. I have him at twenty two. Uh, Troutman's definitely one that I could see moving up in my rankings, uh, just solely based on the simple fact that he's he's it there. And now that Michael Thomas is gone, that, that that number one role is wide open. I mean, Kamara is going to be the number one pass catcher there now, but uh, that number two spot's wide open, and, and Troutman should be an absolute threat in the red zone for New Orleans if they can get there. Yeah. All right, let's talk. Uh, one tight end. That could be finished as a tight end one, since, you know, it's just a crapshoot down here. Just give, give me any of these names. Yeah. Well, I mean, the easy one for me would be Evan Ingram due to the fact that he's always the target leader. Uh, one of the target leaders at the position just can't catch the ball, but I'm not going to go that easy. Um, let's go Anthony Ferkser, the the tight end there in uh, uh, Tennessee. I know everybody's going to say, well, wait a minute. Johnny Smith was just there who's a far better tight end and never was that great. Uh, that was because Arthur Smith didn't use his tight ends a whole lot, which also makes me nervous for Kyle Pitts in Atlanta. But yeah, but all signs are moved out everywhere. All signs are pointing at this point to Tennessee passing a lot more than they ever have. Yeah, I know they still have Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry's going to get the ball. I'm fine with that. But you don't also trade for a guy like Julio Jones uh, if you're not going to plan on throwing the ball. And with guys that great on the outside, one Josh Reynolds in the slot could be a great steal um, in drafts. The wide, the field, the middle of the field should be wide open for a guy like Anthony Ferkser to work, maneuver, find himself a comfortable spot to sit. And Tannehill's, you know, slowly start to emerge as a top tier quarterback. So Ferkser to me is is a guy that I'm I'm definitely comfortable saying that I could see him shoot a lot higher than I have him right now. So the guy I'm going to say, I feel like I missed and didn't say my number eighteen guy at all. I don't think I ever said Gerald Everett. Yeah, you did. Did I? Yeah. Okay, I must have just ran right through it. Joe Everett's a guy I could see getting in there. Um, I have him at number eighteen. I just think Russell loves his tight ends. Um, he likes to he likes to throw into the middle of the field. He likes to use them in the red zone. We saw Disley have a lot of success when healthy. We saw Hollister have some success when healthy. You just said Jimmy Graham had a great success in the red zone. Greg Olson. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Started the turnover trend for Russell Wilson. By dropping, I'm sorry. I'm not. A, I didn't like the signing of him last year, but we're not going to talk about that. That was last year. He got uh, signed on with Fox. He's an analyst now. That was a great signing. For uh, Fox. Gerald Everett is also coming over with Shane Waldron, the OC from the Rams, and obviously uh, Waldron signed off on this signing prior to Everett coming. So he already knows the offense. He already has a leg up. Now if he builds that chemistry with Russ, Gerald Everett could be a sneaky, sneaky guy to move into the top ten real quick. Yeah, I, I mean, I can get on board with that. I have him on, at, at my 15 spot. So, obviously, I'm a little higher on him than you are even at this point. But, yeah, I mean, there's there's several names. Again, you get outside of that top 
really top five tight ends at this point. And, and you know, Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, uh, Fanton, and Andrews, I won't even include Pitts yet just as a rookie. You get outside of that, it's kind of a crapshoot. I mean, it's it's all a gamble at that point. So we'll, we'll definitely wait and see where that goes. I said Fant, but I meant Hawkinson. I was looking at Hawkinson and waiting, waiting for you yeah. to fix it. Yeah, I meant Hawkinson, not yeah. Fant. Sorry. Um, well, guys, that's going to wrap it up for our, our rankings here for our top 30 total. Um, next week, we're going to break down some mid-round steals. We're going to look up some ADPs. We're going to get some names, some guys that you can get later in the draft. Um, prime example, the actual target leader for Tampa Bay is being drafted in the 10th round right now. We'll talk about that one next week. Um, I'm sorry, the target leader for when he started in Tampa Bay. I think you guys can do the math on that That's one. That's Antonio Brown. Yes. Um, but there's other names out there that people are just overlooking and, and not not really paying attention to these guys on the rise during camp. Now, yes, it could be camp talk, but a lot of these could also roll over into the season. Camp talk doesn't isn't just rumors. A lot of it's – Yeah, oftentimes it's not. Yeah, so we'll definitely be breaking down some of those guys um, – I think there's still a spot or two open in that listener league if you want to jump into it. Um, we, we're drafting the 21st? 23rd, I think. Okay. It's a Friday. It's a Friday night. Um, I'm not 100% sure on the date. I don't, I don't have it right in front of me yet. But I believe there's a spot. Uh, we, we've come up. Our prizes, we're going to give away a $20 gift card and plus a chance to, to call in not a chance you get a chance to call in or if you're local come be on the show um get get a voice your opinions talk about you know talk about football who doesn't like to talk sit around and talk about football uh second place we're going to give away a uh ten dollar gift card third place we're going to throw out a t-shirt to you guys um so I it mean, won't just be a blank t-shirt no yeah no it won't it'll, be a blank t-shirt it'll be a fat boys fantasy t-shirt uh, and again, getting in that league is just going to be a lot of fun because we'll break down the draft on the air. Probably, uh, we'll talk about the standings every so often. We'll post updates. Uh, if, if one of you guys are lucky enough to beat one of the fat boys in the in the league, we'll we'll break that down. Obviously, uh, Mister Mister Brant Walker hadn't had a lot of luck this fantasy offseason, so hopefully, this draft being a little later, he'll uh, he'll get that straightened out and his luck will improve. In that Six one. injuries in dynasty already. Three of which I traded for in the offseason. Yeah, it's it's not been a great offseason for you, but uh, uh, nonetheless. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Again, it's getting into that draft season. We're, we're in the thick of it now. We're in the thick of camp. Don't hesitate to drop us any questions. I know we're still getting plenty of messages from people talking about uh, trade offers they're getting, things of that nature. Don't hesitate. We're usually pretty quick to respond after the hours of 7 in the morning to 3 uh, p.m. Central Time. Uh, so don't be afraid to hit us up with any questions you've got. We're usually pretty quick to answer them. We put a little thought into it. We don't just simply say yes or no. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely make sure to answer any questions. And if it's a good enough question, we'll talk about it on air. Um, but, it, again, it is draft season, so if you're you're saying, hey, I'm thinking about this guy, his ADP is this, would I be crazy to reach reach for him around earlier to make sure I get him? You know, anything you want to know coming into the draft season, you know, if you get if you already know your, your draft position, you're drafting in the eight spot and ten teams, and you want to know what kind of advice to look for there, you know, don't hesitate to reach out. Again, it's going to be dependent on your league type and things of that nature. We'll try to set you on the right path. Definitely. So as always, guys, stay hungry. And stay fat, my friends.